Okay, good morning, everybody. Thank you for coming today. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome uh, Dr. William Rush, who's one of our um, faculty members in physics. Uh, he's retired, I'll tell you a little bit about himself, but he has a PhD um, in astronomy and physics and University of Toledo, did I see that? Okay. Um, this uh, event is part of our STEM series, so we do a series of uh, talks about um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And so one of our goals is for those of you who are in STEM areas of study to um, give you ideas of career paths that you might want to take and ideas that we're thinking about out there in the real world outside of academics. So I want to say thank you to Brian Kurth from Mathematics who works with the library in um, organizing these events. Um, and Dr. Rush, thank you so much for your time. Thank you all for being here and I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Well, good afternoon. Uh, or I guess still morning, huh? All right. That's the absent-minded professor who can't keep track of what <laughs> even what time part of day it is, huh? Okay, I am uh, Bill Rush, uh, and uh, a, a quick background. Um, I got my uh, degrees in physics and astronomy. Uh, I worked at a place called the Gas Technology Institute, uh, which is uh, in Des Plaines and focuses on R&D for the gas industry for about 30 years. Uh, the last 10 years of which I worked in uh, cybersecurity, and. Um, I chaired the committee that wrote the American Gas Association's uh, standard for uh, protecting um, uh, gas networks against uh, cyber attack. Okay, um, and my talk, this the talk, my talk this morning is actually a sales pitch. What I would like everybody to do as you go forward in your careers is to think about whatever you're doing in terms of its potential for being attacked. Okay, particularly as uh, you start to move towards the uh, the Internet of Things, um, there, uh, <laughs> you know, any one of those things can be attacked and uh, with varying degrees of Im importance. Uh, critical infrastructures, uh, by critical infrastructure I mean gas, water, and electric. Of course, you know, finance is critical, there's a lot of critical things, but of course working in the gas industry I focus on, on, on the utility things. Um, and we tend to think of cyber attack as, uh, you know, compromising data, uh, erasing things, altering sites, uh, getting passwords, that kind of stuff. But I want to stress the fact that it can have uh, physical implications, uh, significant physical implications. Um, all these systems are similar, gas, water, and electric. You have some source, okay, it might be a lake, uh, it might be an oil field in uh, Oklahoma, uh, it might be a, a windmill uh, south in, uh, south in uh, Bloomington, Illinois. Um, and they all have spent what are called transmission lines. You get a lot of the stuff and you have to move it. Okay, so in the case of the gas industry, uh, you run uh, pipelines from Oklahoma to Chicago that run at 1,000 PSI. These are carrying, it's called transmission, carrying a lot of stuff. Uh, in the case of electric, they're 100,000 volt uh, uh, electric transmission lines. And then you have to step them down for people, uh, 110 volts for users at home uh, to uh, you know, a few PSI for people who use gas uh, and so forth. Uh, and user automation is becoming common. I, I, have, I've, you know, I love my Alexa, I couldn't even live without it anymore. Uh, so you know, it's not that hard to turn the light switch on, but uh, I still don't do it. Uh, okay, um, cyber attacks can damage critical infrastructure. Um, uh, and gas, water, and electric are considered critical infrastructures. These use something called SCADA, and we'll talk about what that is in just a minute. Uh, there are potential attackers. Uh, the infrastructure attacks have occurred, uh, significant ones. 
the implications can be serious. Uh, our systems, of course, are somewhat protected, um, but I'm going to argue that there are some really serious gaps. Uh, and uh, so we are at risk of cyber attack. Okay, so uh, SCADA stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. Um, what used to happen uh, was that you'd have a, uh, an, an oil, a, a compressor station uh, along a pipeline between Oklahoma and Chicago every 20, 20 to 30 miles, and there would be people there, and if you needed more gas, you'd phone them uh, from downtown, and then they'd turn up the pressure. Um, of course, that got to be expensive, and people said, hey, look, we got computers that can do that job. It's simple-minded, and so virtually all the manned dis uh, systems disappeared. Um, so most gas, water, and electric uh, system, transmission systems are controlled by SCADA. Uh, these are small computers. Uh, they were designed in a, uh, more s in, in a uh, simpler time when no one even thought about the possibility of someone attacking one of them. You know, I put it out there. Who would, <laughs> who'd want to mess with it, okay? Uh, what, would the, what would the point be? So there was virtually no protection, sometimes not even passwords. Um, Okay, uh, there are potential attackers. There are hackers with various motives, which might be anywhere from curiosity to ransom. Um, there are criminals, uh, usually ransom uh, or sale of information. Uh, terrorists who just plain want to uh, disrupt things. Uh, disgruntled employees, you know, I should have been promoted to manager, but I wasn't, and I'm mad, or I got laid off, uh, and I'm mad. Um, and the most uh, frightening one is nation states. Most frightening because they have large amounts of resource, a lot of money. Um, they have access to intelligence gathering facilities, uh, spies, uh, and they have uh, access to infrastructure uh, experts. In other words, if I uh, am the, uh, uh, the, the chairman of the Chinese in, uh, Communist Committee, uh, Communist Party, um, I can talk to people who run SCADA systems. In fact, I can talk to people who manufacture them, okay? Um, and uh, many of them will do uh, U.S. Ma many U.S. manufacturing operations are done overseas, uh, where the uh, loyalty of the, the per person who's putting it together uh, may not be with the United States. And of course, there are combinations. I can use intelligence agents to recruit uh, unhappy employees. Uh, so there are lots of uh, lots of ways that you can can do this. Uh, typically, people say, why would I do a cyber attack? I mean, if I want to blow up a station, I take a stick of dynamite or a rocket-propelled grenade, flip it over the fence, and I've got it. And it's really pretty, you know, it's pretty clear. Um, yes, that's, you know, physical attack is fine. Uh, cyber attack may be the weapon of choice for certain situations. For example, uh, I can set it up and leave it, wait until I need it, okay? I don't have to get an agent in place at a particular time. Um, I can strike everywhere simultaneously. If I want to take on, say, a thousand uh, compressor stations, I'd need a thousand people with sticks of dynamite to throw them over the fence at the same time. If I set my cyber attack up properly, I can uh, do it whenever I want. I can time it for maximum political or economic impact. In other words, uh, you do something bad to my country, and I can do something bad to yours. Uh, and. Um, uh, the other economic impact, in other words, if I were going to blow up the uh, gas distribution system, uh, I would not choose to do it in August, okay? Winter is the time of choice. Um, it's to, uh, you, you can have credible deniability, um, uh, hard to ID the attacker with certainty. Um, people who are real experts in this uh, can usually make a pretty good guess, but you um, don't want to 
you don't want to make a bad guess if you're going to make a counter-strike. Uh, and scariest of all is what's known as a cascading uh, attack, where a failure in one system trips over into a failure in another. And I'll give you some examples of that uh, in just a, uh, just a minute. Okay. Um, systems may rely on each other. For example, SCADA relies on a communication network. Take the network down and the SCADA system's useless. Um, water pumps rely on electric generation. So if you knock out the electric generation uh, as, a, as a twofer, I also get the, um, the, wa the, uh, the water network. Cell phones rely on the electric grid. Yes, they have backup batteries, but in a, in a um, typical system, uh, if the electric grid goes down, the backup batteries last for two and a half hours at normal use. During a major attack, people are likely to get on the phones and pull the grid down much faster. Uh, many electric generators now are getting away from coal and they rely on gas. About 45% of the electric generation comes from the gas uh, transmission system. Traffic control relies on electric. Okay, shut off all the electric grids and the stoplights and the streetlights go out, uh, as do the gasoline pumps. Um, okay, uh, backups all have lifetimes and may depend on other systems. So a cascade failure is a case where one system's failure uh, trips over and impacts other systems. Uh, if you asked me to design an attack, uh, what I would pick is uh, Friday night, uh, 5 o'clock, coldest day of the year. Okay, the executives are in traffic. Um, and uh, so we hit the uh, attack, the gas and electric grids simultaneously. Um, uh, homes immediately start to cool. People get on the cell phone, uh, Aunt Martha, have you got heat? Um, the gas traffic lights go out. Uh, somebody in that traffic jam is going to be low on gas, will pull off, uh, try to fill up, uh, will not be able to, will get back on the road, run out of gas. Okay, so uh, now you end up with a, a, a jam that's compounded with um, uh, no, uh, no gasoline. Uh, it starts to get dark. Uh, people start to uh, flee to unaffected areas, making the traffic jams worse. Uh, it's now very hard to move the repair staff. Uh, I want to get a generator out to the cell phone network, but the traffic is so bad I can't. Um, the cell phones go out in two hours. The internet gets flooded. Vulnerable people may actually freeze to death. Um, and if you can keep the uh, attack running long enough, uh, you get distributed damage because people's houses, uh, the, the water pipes freeze, and now you have thousands or hundreds of thousands of people with burst pipes and only a limited number of plumbers in the area who know how to fix them. Okay, uh, th this has both an economic and a confidence impact. If, you know, if your goal is terrorism to make people feel nervous, this will do the trick. Okay, uh, is this a theoretical possibility? No. Um, the largest and most successful cyber attack was a U.S. cyber attack on the Russians in 1982. Uh, 19, uh, 1982. I have dyslexia. Um, and uh, this was the largest non-nuclear man-made explosion ever. Uh, it was photographed from space. The people who saw it first thought it was a nuclear blast. Uh, it was very large. Um, and if you want, I just have given you a couple of examples. If you look on the internet, there are, uh, you know, there, there you, you find hundreds of them. Uh, a Turkish pipeline in 2008 was a massive explosive explosion. Uh, 200,000 Ukrainian uh, electric customers were out, probably courtesy of the Russians. Again, not easy to tell who did what. Uh, but you can look for, for lots of examples. Okay, uh, obviously uh, people know about these risks, and if you have a system like this, you do want to protect it. Okay, 
the early systems had little to no protection. There was simply no reason that, that anyone would, would, would mess with them or would even know they existed. Um, the now uh, everybody does use passwords. Um, depending on where you put the password protection, this is or isn't effective. I have seen some systems where you have to, if I have my, my PC uh, or my laptop, I type in the password there and it lets me onto the system, okay, onto my computer. However, once I get past that, if I actually get into the network itself, there was no password to keep me off. Um, not an especially brilliant design, but um, you know, it was, these things were put together in a, in a, in a much more trusting age. Um, some people use virtual private networks. Um, uh, there is encryption, uh, which uh, has uh, problems. Uh, I think the uh, utility operators tend to overestimate the significance, but it doesn't matter because it's in their mind. Um, of course, it adds extra cost. Uh, if you are buying a new piece of equipment, uh, it is um, not so much of a problem. If you're retrofitting stuff, that's much more of a problem and people don't want to pay for a replacement of their entire existing system. Uh, they may slow down uh, communications. Uh, there is a problem associated with, um, with uh, operating a, uh, an, an, an encryption system, which is what's known as key management. In other words, uh, it's sort of like a combination on a combination lock. Uh, and uh, I have to uh, distribute the keys to you know, hundreds of technicians. Uh, if a technician leaves, um, then I need to, I mean, if it's say like a password, um, I may need to, uh, to uh, change the password. Well, that becomes a problem. And uh, I don't want an old tec a technician who's been fired and is unhappy uh, releasing the, the key information. Uh, and there's even key management issues within the, um, the encryption systems themselves. Uh, there is reluctance to accept standard encryptions. Uh, most of the utility executives look at this and say, well, look, if I'm gonna make an encryption system, I'm gonna have my guys do it downstairs because no one else will know how it works. Um, that's a really bad idea. Um, unless there was the adoption of a standard encryption mechanism, which kind of sounds like a, like a goofy idea. Why would I have a standard encryption technique that I publish? Well, you can look up the combination, a combination locks mechanism. It's easy to find out how a combination lock works. The problem is even though I know how it works without the combination, I can't open it. So that's the key thing with an encryption, um, uh, a standard encryption system. And these things have been tested very, very hard. They're open competitions. You know, I, I, I want you to use mine, so I publish it and everybody tries to crack it. And the only ones that survive are the ones that nobody else could crack. Okay. Um, and the other thing is it's not really perceived as a major risk. Uh, you know, I've, if I run a utility, I've really never had a problem with it. So to get me to invest a lot of money in something that some guy comes and gives me a lecture on, on how, how, you know, how risky it is, uh, really uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't make me grab the checkbook. Um, I had a, when I was working at the, um, at the uh, Gas Technology Institute, I had kind of an interesting uh, little experience. Um, we had a, an electrical engineer intern and he was only going to be with us for three months. And so it wasn't worth a lot of investment in bringing him up to speed. He didn't really know much about the gas industry. Um, so <laughs> we ended up calling him the cave boy. Um, what we gave him a task, uh, knowing very little about the gas industry, his goal was to design a, um, a manual uh, for attacking United States gas in infrastructure. 
and the, the, the rules that he was subject to were that um, all you can do is use the internet. And you want to pretend you live in a cave in Afghanistan, you have internet access, but that's it. Um, and so uh, what we want you to do is to produce a manual that we're going to give out to other people living in this same cave. We're giving them instructions on how to get the information we need for a successful cyber attack. And um, so he worked for about three months on it. The, the goal was really, you know, see what, what happens if you think like a bad guy, what can you do? And um, so uh, he ended up producing an 80-page document with step-by-step -step instructions on how to attack a gas utility. And it would work, I'm sure, just as well for water and electric. Um, okay. Uh, when you're designing things, if you, if you find yourself in the future working in technology, one of the things I suggest you do is take a little time and do an exercise of thinking, I want to attack this system. Uh, what could it do and how would I do it? Uh, and if you've, you know, if you've only kind of looked at this from the good guy side, you know, here's how I want to attack. Uh, you know, here's how I want, you know, I take a course in, in cybersecurity or something like that. Um, and I look at how do I, how do I protect the system. You want to think about it from the point of view, now how do I attack the system, okay? And there's a ton of good stuff out there. If you've never seen the book Secrets of a Super Hacker, um, it, is a, um, it is a very uh, informative system uh, book, particularly because it doesn't worry about uh, day one uh, 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 secrets that are found, just, just revealed. It doesn't reveal you know, how to attack uh, the internet by redirecting communications. Uh, one of the things that it talks a lot about is something called social engineering, which is one of the scariest uh, techniques. It doesn't matter how good my home security system is. If you have the key, you can get in, okay? And in social engineering, what you do is you just, you just talk to people or you use clever little tricks uh, to get the information. It allows you to access the system uh, through the front door. Um, and there's... <laughs> It's one of the techniques is known as dumpster diving. How many people have heard of dumpster diving? Okay, you jump into the, a dumpster and you pull out uh, everything you can get. And even little tiny clues are, are helpful. The company that I work for, <laughs> one time I was in the, in the stock room and I went out back and there was a, a bunch of people rooting through our dumpster. And I talked to the guy who was the, the, the dock uh, supervisor and said, you know, what, what is that? And he said, oh, it's a bunch of guys. They come about once a month and they go through the dumpster and they pull out stuff that they can recycle. <laughs> and, the, and then we had a bunch of computers that were ready to go into the dumpster. <laughs> so, you know, they got the hard drives in it, the whole shot. <laughs> so that's social engineering. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, there, are, there are hacking disks. You can buy these things. Uh, I, I would caution you, if you're going to try to do some of this stuff, um, be kind of careful because the people who are willing to give you uh, hacking software themselves are good at uh, hacking. And <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that their souls are pure. <laughs> they probably are, but maybe they'd like access to your computer. But anyway, there's all kinds of these things that you can, you can buy. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> There's on the web that you can just download the software. Uh, I had a lot of fun with us when I was first doing it, but I didn't really understand some of the risks. But uh, anyway, all right. Uh, there are often are what are known as undocumented commands. In other words, I design the system and I, uh, you know, put some security in it and so forth. But I recognize that I may sometimes need to service it, and so I want to get into it. Um, 
without going through all the passwords and everything else. So I put in a back door uh, so that I can just access it and uh, see what's, what's going on. And um, that, you know, th of course, you don't, do you don't put that in your manual, but somebody in your company knows about it, and there's a good chance whoever manufactured it knows about it too. So uh, there may be back doors um, uh, that are not listed. Uh, there are ways to bypass uh, password protection. Um, uh, it is possible once you get into the things to reprogram them. Um, they may allow, um, and they allow uh, logs to be altered. Um, and these are easily found uh, by, you know, if, if you want to work with one of these things, you can buy a SCADA unit from a manufacturer for a few hundred bucks. You get the manual, okay? Um, and of course, you can reverse engineer the thing too. So um, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of uh, stuff that can be done. Um, let me just, uh, we, we tried an exercise at uh, GTI where we had one of our engineers uh, write attack software for a, um, uh, a, um, a, a, a SCADA unit. And um, it was a, uh, off, you know, under the, uh, under the radar exercise, nobody in the company wanted to fund somebody doing something useless like that. But um, he, in a matter of about two days, uh, got a uh, pretty scary set of uh, capabilities. Um, one of them was that the SCADA unit could be, was modified so that uh, it reported a pressure that appeared to fluctuate. Uh, what he did is he recorded the last four readings, and then if, when you interrogated it, you just were cycling through those four readings. So if you looked at what was going on, kind of looked like the pressure is fluctuating back and forth at random. Um, he then fed that information into the control room. Uh, at the same time, he shut down uh, the, uh, the valves and uh, all the alarm systems. Um, he uh, was able to fix it so that if you started to search the software for this uh, to see if you'd been hacked, it erased itself. So there were all kinds of ways that this thing was, this was a pretty nasty um, uh, kind of, uh, of attack. And uh, I tried to get people to uh, adopt a program where they went through and looked at their own software to see if it had been hacked. And I never got very far with it. No one, no one seemed to want to do that. Um, Okay, uh, but you can reprogram these things um, uh, if, you, uh, if you're clever enough. Um, a, a typical attack would be to run the pressure too high, uh, disable any safety routines, uh, open and close valves, uh, and send false data while the hacker is in control of the system so you don't know that you're being uh, attacked. <coughs> uh, one of the things that's just a simple attack is change the password, and not uh, you know, once you're inside the unit, you change the password, and then the uh, security that's designed to keep the uh, hacker out keeps the uh, operator out. So, um, you know, it's <laughs> um, so the attack protocol that we did was uh, it was easy to implement. It had step-by-step -step instructions. You only needed the internet. Um, there was a list of the sites that you should visit uh, and what to do with the information. Now, this does require patience. Well, of course, a lot of you know, hackers have uh, one thing that they all do have is, is patience. And it relies on the accumulation of lots and lots of small clues. Um, and, you know, p people are constantly telling you, oh, well, you know, you know, you got to be aware of, of, in fact, this is what, Cybersecurity Awareness Week or month? Month. month. Okay. Um, how many people keep their, you know, your password's supposed to be changed frequently. It's supposed to be hard to remember. So what do you do with it? You write it on a little piece of paper and stick it in your top right-hand desk drawer. Okay. Um, 
So uh, <laughs> just, you know, if you are visiting a, uh, somebody's office uh, and you can, uh, w one technique is you have uh, somebody phone you and uh, you, you say, uh, oh no, hon, is that, oh no, that, oh, this is terrible. Could, could I just have a minute, please? <laughs> Jeez, I'll, I'll, I'll be, just a minute, okay? Well, he steps out and I go to his right-hand desk drawer, okay? Uh, so this, that's an example of social engineering. Um, okay, uh, and lots and lots of little clues. I don't, you know, I don't expect to get the complete system map in one place. Um, and so you give me a little tiny piece of useless information. Uh, old memos, addresses, uh, old passwords in, uh, in uh, dumpsters, uh, that kind of stuff. You just pick up all kinds of little stuff. And intelligence agencies are excellent at this. Especially if you have a t an intelligence agency, a, a, um, uh, a cyber warfare uh, group that's upwards of 10,000 people, uh, which uh, when you look on the internet, uh, I've seen estimates for what the ch size of the Chinese cyber warfare group is that range from 10 to 100,000 people. I think the 100, you know, <laughs> they're not going to tell you, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but at least uh, there's some folks who think that, that, that it's a pretty, and, and it is part of their military doctrine. It is considered, you know, they, 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 they say it's fair game uh, to do cyber attacks. We clearly have the same opinion, okay? I mean, we, we <laughs> the biggest cyber attack ever done, the most damaging one was, was one we did. Uh, and there was Stuxnet uh, where they, um, they attacked uh, the Iranian uh, nuclear program, uh, the uh, S uh, Siberian pipeline explosion where they blew up a, the largest um, uh, non-nuclear explosion of mankind, man-made. Okay. So anyway, uh, uh, what we did at the end of the summer after or Cave Boy, he, he's he, Cave Boy was <laughs> really he's he's a very nice guy. He's now got his PhD in math and he works up in uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. But uh, at the end of the time, we as his graduation project, we had him take a particular gas distribution system, and I'm not going to tell you which one, um, and uh, spend 16 hours to see what uh, what happens. And so I have some screenshots and um, of, of, of what, it, what it looks like, the kinds of information, small pieces of information, things that you would think make a lot of sense to make public. Uh, it's convenient and, and useful. Um, and uh, of course, a real attacker would have much more time than this, access to much more resource than he did. Uh, but the key is patience and accumulation. Uh, we did not allow him to do any social engineering, although he sort of wanted to <laughs> um, against this company. Um, but, uh, you know, I gave this talk to uh, people who really <coughs> run pipelines, and I, I, I'm pretty sure one of, the, one of the people that was in the audience um, uh, was the company that we happened to have chosen. And uh, I, I got a call from the vice president of operations. I, I wasn't there. It was in my, e in my voicemail, and I thought, oh, crap, am I in trouble? Because <laughs> uh, one of the people said, hey, that's my system, and he went and talked to the VP of operations who, who called to say thank you because uh, we didn't realize that we had this much out there. We're going to go and close it up, but uh, all right. Okay, um, storage. Um, this is an actual, uh, is a web page, it's just a screen print from, uh, from this company. Um, uh, they uh, store natural gas. You can't, you know, if, if there's a shortage of gas or if there's an interruption in the pipeline, they store it in, in underground uh, aqua, old aqua, water aquifers. Um, and uh, so here's a description of how much is there. Um, of course, you don't know where it is from this. 
but at least you know it's about how much is there, and you can predict if we, um, you know, if we know how much gas you use uh, in in a, in a day, uh, how long would 150 billion cubic foot supply uh, last you? And if you want, if you find that that's objectionable, then you want to plan to take that storage field out of operation by shutting down its um, its compressors or whatever. So you can help figure out what's going on in the system. Okay. Uh, this is enough to meet one half of a day's delivery. So um, this, if you fail to get this, uh, the gas company can pull out a half day's worth of supply on their coldest day. And it stores about a third of normal winter. And it's located near City C, whatever that city is. Um, this is the, um, the, the uh, phone directory, uh, which allows you to... Um, uh, to uh, get uh, access to people's uh, phone numbers. Um, so it's important, to, for example, if I am the vice president of operations and I want to uh, send a text to somebody uh, telling them, uh, for example, ah, uh, we are uh, under cyber attack and the FBI has instructed us not to make any counters because they are trying to catch the bad guys. So uh, you will be fired if you uh, try to stop the cyber attack and it's coming from the VP of Operations cell phone. I chose a time when I know he's out of town so you can't easily uh, uh, verify it. Okay, uh, so we get the, uh, we get the uh, also we got the list of uh, street addresses of all the facilities, so I now know where the, um, uh, the I, I can now match the uh, street address up against the storage station address and against any other facility that I find. It lists phone numbers. Um, there's something, I don't think, I don't know, do people use war dialers anymore? Okay, a war dialer is a, um, <laughs> is a, a, a machine that dials all the numbers in, you know, uh, 111, 1112, 1113, 1114. Uh, the people who do the telemarketing use them, okay? And um, what it does is it just, it's a, you turn it on and you operate it overnight and it checks to see if I have a, uh, you know, if somebody answers uh, or if what picks up is a fax machine, is, um, is a modem because now if it's a modem, there's a good chance that this is some kind of a remote controlled operation. Um, okay, um, the, the contractors uh, who provide you with SCADA systems, or pr who provide the services, of course, want you to know uh, that they're out there. So they advertise, you know, I serve this many companies and here are, you know, it's uh, Chicago and New York and Los Angeles. So you now uh, get information about, um, uh, which companies are being served by which contractors. Uh, and this provides a, um, uh, it indicates that the, um, it is the site of a SCADA master con controller. So now I know the manufacturer of City C's uh, cyber equipment, uh, their, their SCADA system. I know which one of the manufacturers it is and which one I have to buy and reverse engineer. Um, it uh, indicates that this operates on something called spread spectrum radio. Uh, which is a, a system that's hard to get in because the, you jump, the frequencies jump uh, apparently at random. So it's sort of like uh, you're trying to listen to a news broadcast that's on first news radio 780 and then it goes to 620, then it goes to 490. It just keeps jumping around. And if you don't know the sequence of jumps, you don't know where to change the channel. Uh, we know that it uses a, uh, the data is, uh, uh, we know that it carries uh, current readings, alarms, and data. The data goes to something called a, a GE Simplicity Controller. Uh, it uses Intolution iFix hardware at the control center, and it has on-off control of pumps. Okay, that comes from the contractor's site. 
again, I'm trying to pick up, you know, I'm trying to put all these pieces together so I know what I'm looking at. Um, it, this is, uh, use a uh, ether, Ethernet multi-drop communication network, and there's lots of interesting stuff. And in fact, I now discover that not only CDC, but also CDE underground storage facilities use this same stuff. Okay, uh, uses a 90, there's a radio it uses. The radio stations lo are located five miles apart. Um, I know how much city ease gas controls and that there is an alarm for loss of communication which I need to, to uh, disable. Uh, the simplicity manual uh, is online. Uh, it includes the default password uh, so that, you know, now of course, <laughs> if you only change your password once, do it the day that you start the thing and take the default password out. Uh, if you don't, the most common password, of course, is password. Uh, so that if you're trying to hack a system, that's your first guess. Okay, uh, there's a bunch of manuals. Um, uh, these are made by different controllers. Uh, these are all manufacturers of SCADA system. And um, these are the chapters where they include discussions of their security system. Um, uh, this is um, a uh, United States Geological Survey map, and it shows the pipelines. Okay, there's a pipeline. One of the secrets of the uh, approach is that you take a, the map of the city you want to attack, take a compass, draw a circle all around it, and follow that circle. Uh, and each place that that circle is cut by a gas, water, or electric pipeline, you have a potential target. You now move along the pipeline until you find the storage facilities, the compressor facilities, what you need to know. Um, commercial maps um, uh, are helpful. Uh, and these include, uh, this, is a, this is an actual uh, map. No, I had to, unfortunately, I had to black out the whole map because if you saw that section, you'd know what city it was. But it lists where the chemical plants are, fractionators, underground storage, um, uh, you know, just uh, communication hubs, the whole, the whole network is, is laid out for you rather nicely. Um, of course, uh, Google provides you with uh, aerial photos. Uh, and uh, if you're not an expert on things, uh, you can at least look, uh, these little fine lines here uh, are uh, a, a, a person uh, even modestly skilled in gas operations realizes each one of those is something used for measuring flow. And the more of them there are, the, um, uh, the bigger the station and the more important it is. Um, we found the location and frequencies of the radios, uh, 12 gas turbines with horsepowers in them, six gas engines. Um, and so this is, this is all um, uh, pretty easy to, uh, to, to gather. Um, the, uh, we did a malevolent code that could change set points, um, could change the safety limits, and could lie to the system host. Um, you can open and close valves. You can turn equipment on and off. Uh, one of the questions to which I do not know the answer, and it is a scary question, I was, I was not able to find out, is it possible to damage a compressor? Um, it is possible to damage an electric generator. Um, the reason that you want to attack these uh, electric generators uh, or compressor stations is that these are big pieces of equipment. They're very expensive, and they are manufactured, say, at the rate of one a month. So if I, and, and there will typically be one or two in inventory. So if I destroy, say, three of them, um, it's going to be a month before you can replace the fourth one. If I destroy a hundred of them, it's going to be a long time before you can get the system fully back up again. Um, I do not know uh, if it is possible. The, the, the turbines are, are complicated machines. They have a lot of mechanical protection. 
but um, increasingly people rely on electronics. Uh, I have an electronic set, you know, typically, you know, in the old days uh, when you had a gasoline engine in your car, there was a pedal you pushed on the floor and it turned a, a valve that, uh, that let uh, gas into the engine. And there were mechanical safety things. Uh, nowadays you drive by wire, you're actually pressing a sensor um, and uh, that can tell the engine how fast to run. Um, the old days, uh, the, these turbines had mechanical protections. Um, many of them seem to be going to electronic and if you're ever designing equipment with uh, electronic safety uh, capabilities, please think about can somebody shut them down and what happens if they do. Okay, um, so here are, uh, yeah, I guess this is just a, um, uh, an argument that I, I made to, uh, to people that the, uh, the bottom line that cyber attack is impossible is an indefensible position. Um, we had the, the Soviet, uh, the US government attack on the Soviets, the Soviet oil pipeline. Um, what they did was they um, uh, closed the valves to the system and then cranked the pressure up. And they cranked it up high enough that it broke the pipes. And um, it was a three kiloton explosion. Uh, Hiroshima was uh, somewhere between 14 and 21 kilotons. Uh, the Oklahoma City bomb was 0.01 kilotons. Okay, um, if you talk to people in the area, uh, you will find that uh, there are a lot of reasons not to worry about protecting your system. Number one, pipelines are unattractive targets. Uh, terrorists want to hit, you know, government facilities, you know, blow up the Statue of Liberty, uh, blow up the Pentagon, blow up the White House, but um, uh, the pipelines are just not very attractive, they're not sexy. Uh, SCADA systems are obscure, nobody knows about them, okay, so uh, who's going to attack something you don't even know about. Uh, we have physical safeguards that protect our equipment. Um, and a cyber attack can't do physical harm. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I hope at this point you're convinced that this is, um, uh, th these are, uh, are not valid uh, safety uh, pr uh, protocols to have in place. Uh, so SCADA cybersecurity is often an orphan. Uh, IT folks, focus on the corporate network uh, and uh, internet uh, corporate security. The physical security people uh, don't worry about the electronic stuff because it really can't hurt them anyway. Uh, and that's the job of the IT people. Uh, the SCADA people rely on obscurity and few people actually watch um, SCADA systems and SCADA networks uh, from the perspective of, of cybersecurity. Okay, uh, my, my conclusion, uh, cyber attacks are feasible um, motivated attackers exist. Uh, the attack information is accessible. Uh, the consequences could be significant. Um, I don't want to take a position on whether or not an attack will occur uh, because, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll never have a big one. Um, pressed, I'd say I'd kind of be surprised uh, if somebody didn't do it. Uh, one of the things, if I were designing a system, an attack, uh, I would not make a little attack. Uh, I mean, the Japanese didn't fly one bomber over Pearl Harbor. Uh, you want to attack uh, in force unexpectedly. Um, and that there are a bunch of myths that I think create false security sense. And I've, I've been in meetings with people and, uh, and, and say, you know, well, we really need to up the, up the ante on this. And, and I hear a lot of these, these myths and, um, you know, we're, we're, just, we're just not vulnerable uh, or we're not interesting. Okay, uh, we managed to finish uh, to give ourselves about 10 minutes uh, for, for questions if anybody has any. 
or else I'll say, wow, that was a brilliant talk and I answered all their questions at once. Yes. Uh, not really. Uh, we're in our, we were an R&D organization. We could be, you know, it's sort of, I can lead the horse to water, but I can't make them drink. Uh, we, did, we did put together what we thought was a very excellent uh, uh, protocol for protecting them. It's still online. It's called AGA, American Gas Association uh, rec uh, Report Number 12. And there are four pieces to it. Uh, and it's pretty comprehensive, but, um, you know, I, I, uh <laughs> like I said, you can lead the horse to water. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Uh, the question was, uh, are there other attacks besides the, the Soviet one, or did we just get lucky on that one? Uh, and the answer is yes. Uh, there was a, um, an attack in 2008 against a uh, Turkish pipeline. Uh, this was not a gas pipeline. This was an oil pipeline. It was the same te technique. Uh, you get in, um, uh, shut all the valves out that let the, ga let the, the, the oil flow out and crank the pressure up. These things are designed, the system is designed to withstand that. In other words, it is, uh, you, you, you think about it, if I'm designing a, a system, it just doesn't make sense that I could actually break my own pipe. Uh, so th in theory, an engineer will say, yeah, and the people who will talk about physical protection say, well, the system is designed so that if I shut it completely down and turn the pressure all the way up, the pipe won't break. And that was true the day it was built. The problem is the pipes are typically buried underground. Uh, once in a while, it'll get nicked by somebody who's digging near it, which is why they tell you to you know, call before you dig. Uh, corrosion can take place. There's a lot of, you know, you can have geological shifts that put stresses on the thing. And so the pipeline, while it originally probably wa was, certainly was strong enough to take the pressure, uh, it, it isn't, uh, in, in typical cases, it, it's no longer that the case. Uh, and, uh, Let's see, well the Ukrainian one was not a burst. The Ukrainian one was a, um, uh, simply they simply shut all the valves. And then the people who were operating the system couldn't, couldn't figure out how to get them back up again. Well, I mean, they did, but they were like two days without electric power. The guys in California apparently would, <laughs> would be glad to have only two days without power, but. Uh, <laughs> okay, anybody else? Yes? Uh, I, to the best of my knowledge, there has been no physical um, uh, breaks due to, due, due to a cyber attack. However, uh, there was one uh, against four companies that operated a combined uh, hub uh, where people hacked into it. Um, and that was just a couple of years ago. I can't remember what it was. Okino was, one, I think, one of the companies. Uh, that was maybe 2012 when the system was hacked. Um, and uh, you know, so uh, yeah, th those are the only ones that I, I, I know of offhand. If you go to the internet and look for attacks against, cyber attacks against US pipelines, I'm, I'm sure you'll find uh, others. Yes? No? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, well, I mean, people are. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there are companies out there that uh, manufacture uh, protective equipment. 
you know, and, and you know, the, the people who run these big companies, I, I, you know, maybe I've been a little unfair to them. I mean, they're certainly not stupid, uh, and they recognize that, 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 that there is some, some level of risk. Um, if, if I wanted to do a really, really good thing, I would uh, hack into a system and do some damage, not hurt anybody, but enough that people would say, uh, oh gosh, uh, you know, maybe better pay more attention to this. But um, I, sadly, I suspect a really, really serious uh, upgrade of the security will probably not happen until, uh, you know, it's close the barn door after the horse runs out. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be a big piece of damage. Somebody will, will blow, I mean, the, the Stuxnet attack um, kind of sneaked out by accident. Nobody, nobody meant it to get to where it got, but um, that certainly raised people's awareness of, of uh, what you can, what you can, and if you haven't ever heard of Stuxnet, it's worth looking that one up on the internet too. That's really, uh, that, that's really an eye opener. Yes. 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 And in fact, one of the things that you, if you wanted to attack them, one of the things that you look for is a boast that says, our technicians can fix our equipment from home. Because what that tells me is that it's probably hooked up to the phone network, okay? Uh, and uh, so uh, a war dialer would be a, 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 good, a good toy to, to use there. So yeah, there are a lot of things if you kind of just know a little bit what, what looks like a harmless piece of it, you know, yeah, it sounds good, uh, you can fix it from home. But uh, wh what that means is somebody can get it, you can probably get there too. Okay, anybody else? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, actually, one of the things I tell the students in my physics class is that, you know, you know well, who wants to take physics, right? It's, it sounds boring and hard. Uh, and uh, one of the comments that I make is that um, you probably have a 40-year career ahead of you. Uh, given with what the internet, or given what Social Security is doing, and maybe maybe a lot longer than that, um, and during that time, I'm pretty willing to bet that you will see two major changes in technology, um, and that check technology will change. The, the basic physics that underlies it won't. Um, and actually, I taught for five years, uh, and teaching turned out to be a hobby that I couldn't afford. So I went to work in the gas industry uh, and um, they, they were working on a solar air conditioning system. They said, well, you're an astronomer, so you, you know where the sun is and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so I went to work on solar air conditioning systems. You know, when the sun's shining, you got what you need. Well, that didn't work out real well. Uh, and then I ended up using math, the, you have a strong math background, so I worked in coal. Uh, the other side of, of environmentally clean. Uh, and um, uh, then I got involved in gas distribution, which is you know, how you move the pipe, move the gas around through the big lines and the little lines. And um, uh, automatic meter reading. Um, I was one of the founding, the 10 founding members of the Automatic Meter Reading Association, uh, which is now the smart meters. And we developed standards for that. Um, and then as we started looking at it, we realized that um, these systems were hackable, uh, and so I started working in that, and uh, I, I published an encryption mechanism. Well, I, I didn't make, make, make the mechanism, I just found it. Um, 
it, it was something called RSA, which turned out not to have been a good choice. But um, anyway, I, I recommended that, and nobody took it. And for about eight years, nothing happened. Uh, and I went other ways. And then there was 9-11, and I was checking into a hotel with a, for a meeting, and somebody grabbed me and said, you got to come with us right away. We need security. And man, the, 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 the funding flowed for about four years. Um, and then um, ah, forgot. So that's kind of how it, it evolved. So I, you know, I'd be very surprised if whatever you think you're majoring in right now is where you end up. Like you said, it's a long way from teaching astronomy to cybersecurity. Yes? Oh, I'd say if it's hard, quit. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Uh, I, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had my share of, of courses that I didn't want to take. Um, I can't think, and, and this included stuff like literature and uh, you know, uh, and uh, accounting and uh, business management. I did get a business, an MBA along the way too. Um, which I thought were, were really bad, and so especially when it talked about you know, people and stuff like that, which, you know, no equations for people. Um, but I can't think of a single course that I took that I haven't used at some time or other. Uh, and, you know, you'd, you'd hear about, oh, well, you know, here's, uh, I, I don't know, there's uh, the, the Taylor series expansion, which, you know, never used it. Doesn't seem like anything good. Well, you know, suddenly you get into quantum mechanics and you realize that, uh, oh, that's why that was there. Um, so there isn't much, th there isn't much that uh, you don't need, uh, or at least that you won't use. Now, oftentimes you can learn it later, but um, yeah, it, uh, it, you, you do have to take courses you don't want to take, but um, uh, you know you, you probably need them sooner. Somebody thinks you need them, and you'll probably find you're, you you did. Okay. All right, I'm one minute over my time. Okay. Th